This program is a production of Restoring the Core, an initiative designed to assist those wishing to go deeper into classic Christianity with resources available in a connected age, online at restoringthecore.com. This is Finding Hidden Treasure. In the early 21st century, without question, we live in a distracted age. We might think of devices such as smartphones, tablets, video games, and even older technology devices such as television and radio as the sources of our distractions. It would be good to ask ourselves if these devices are the cause of our distracted lives, or rather, are the effects of it. An answer to that question comes to us from 17th century France. Blaise Pascal, mathematician, scientist, inventor, writer, philosopher and theologian, provides us an answer to whether or not distraction in our lives is a cause or an effect. Pascal had some observations about this question. These observations can be found in a book called Pensées, French for Thoughts. Pensées is simply a collection of ideas on which Pascal wanted to write a book. However, he died at the age of 39, leaving this book project unfinished. Fortunately, Pascal's followers put together the ideas that Pascal had in his notebook and compiled them into the work we know today as Pensées. Perhaps one of the most famous internet memes of something that Pascal has left to us can be found in the quote, all men's miseries derive from not being able to sit in a quiet room alone. Further in Ponce's, Pascal writes, the only thing that consoles us for our miseries is diversion, and yet it is the greatest of our miseries, for it is that above all which prevents us thinking about ourselves and leads imperceptibly to destruction. But for that, we should be bored, and boredom would drive us to seek some more solid means of escape. But diversion passes our time and brings us imperceptibly to our death. Professor Douglas Grutheis writes, In the middle of the 17th century in France, Blaise Pascal went to great lengths to expose those diversions that kept people from seeking truth in matters of ultimate significance. His words still ring true. Diversion consoles us in trivial ways, in the face of our miseries or perplexities, yet paradoxically, it becomes the worst of our miseries because it hinders us from ruminating on and understanding our true condition. Pascal wrote in mid-17th century France, well before the invention of virtually every device we might label today as a distraction. Pascal understood that if left to ourselves and without seeing the value of contemplating our lives, we will live life seeking distraction. What will we pay to not be alone with our thoughts? The University of Virginia conducted a study concerning how well we could sit alone quietly in a room by ourselves with no other distractions. Science Magazine wrote about one surprising level of this study. For 15 minutes, the team left participants alone in a lab room in which they could push a button and shock themselves if they wanted to. The results were startling. Even though all participants had previously stated that they would pay money to avoid being shocked with electricity, 67% of men and 25% of women chose to inflict it on themselves. In a Gospel Coalition article entitled Disruptive Witness for a Distracted Age, Andrew Spencer writes, 
Our age offers a constant flood of distractions, disruptions, and diversions, which assault our senses and choke out our inner life. It seems impossible to be still, but easy to assume we know God by ascribing to Him the characteristics we idealize. So often we're unaware of this water in which we swim, even when it's tainted by poison and slowly causing us to die. We must be on guard against the constant flood of distractions, disruptions, and diversions. The choking out of our inner life with Christ is at stake. Believers in Christ are called to be people of focus. The Lord Jesus calls his followers to a focused life. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 31 to 33, we hear the Lord instruct us. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The writer of the letter to the Hebrews adds, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. A further passage from Scripture that instructs us and warns us is found in the Lord Jesus' parable of the sower. The parable is found in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In this parable, a farmer goes about his fields, scattering seed. The first type of soil is hard. No germination occurs. The second type of soil is a thin veneer of soil over rock. The seed germinates but dies off quickly for lack of root. The fourth soil allows for growth of the seed with a spectacular return for the harvest. The third soil is the most problematic for believers in Christ. In the parable, the seed germinates in this third type of soil. However, thorns arise along with the growth and chokes it out. The Lord Jesus supplied his disciples with the interpretation of the third soil. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the seedfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. The purpose of this episode is to encourage us to be on guard concerning the distractions which come into our lives. Without a purposeful effort to restore our focus on the things of God, our hearts and minds will develop the habit of thinking about anything or anyone else other than God. Learn to be wise about what distracts you. There are times in which your focus will be disrupted by the legitimate, sudden needs of those around you. However, that is not what I'm referring to. Ask the Lord in prayer that he give you the wisdom to understand what distracts you. Some people can remain focused using a smartphone as a Bible, while others cannot. Some distractions can be low-tech. It might be spending so much time reading a print book that the reading of scripture or praying simply gets overlooked. Perhaps most importantly, let's be wise about the state of our hearts and minds in Christ Remember what Pascal observed about us. We are distraction seekers. 
Without keeping this in mind, we will place blame on something or someone else while ignoring that the greatest source of our distraction is ourself. Being focused on Christ, like any other skill, takes time and practice. This may be new territory for many of us. One suggestion, if you drive to work, set aside an additional 15 minutes on the way to or from work in your car to spend time in the Bible, reflection, or prayer. From personal experience, I found my car to be a helpful guide to my spiritual growth, as it allows me to have personal time alone with God in my own little, quiet, and mobile prayer capsule. Another suggestion, perhaps the circumstances of your life don't currently allow for you to find time alone with God away from others. You might find it beneficial to use your smartphone and some earbuds to help you in your time with Christ. There are plenty of free Bible apps available. Some, such as Crossway's English Standard Version Bible app, is free, contains the whole text of scripture, and on some platforms it even has an audio reader which tracks along with the text on the screen. If you're concerned about the distraction of incoming calls or emails, go into airplane mode to cut off distractions during your time alone with God. This episode is being recorded in the summer of 2020 during the COVID-19 global pandemic. During these last few months, we've been given the gift of being reminded of our mortality. Millions are understanding just how quickly death can befall us or those we know and love. Millions around the world are grieving the sudden loss of family and friends to this virus. This is a time to take stock of where we stand in relationship to the Creator God who made us. Are we prepared for a sudden exit from this world to meet Him and be welcomed into eternity with Him? Or do we fear that we will meet His anger at our sins against Him and where that will leave us for eternity? Are we prepared to survive this pandemic and live the remainder of our lives to glorify God? Other than those who will be alive at the Lord Jesus' return, each one of us will face death. Something will bring our lives on earth to an end. There is a great way to keep this in perspective. It avoids the extremes of either being fatally pessimistic or the other extreme of simply continuing distracting ourselves with such things as entertainment. In his book, A Quest for Godliness, author J.I. Packer observed about the Puritans of the 16th and 17th centuries. The Puritans have taught me to see and feel the transitoriness of this life, to think of it with all its richness as essentially the gymnasium and dressing room where we are prepared for heaven and to regard readiness to die as the first step in learning to live. Packer added, reckoning with, that is taking into account, death brought appreciation of each day's continued life and the knowledge that God would eventually decide without consulting them when their work on earth was done brought energy for the work itself while they were still being given time to get on with it. Hacker's observations are good advice for us. To be prepared to die is the best preparation to live a full life here on earth. Please do not allow the distractions of this life, especially the ones we can create ourselves, to stand in the way of knowing where we stand with God in Christ. To be prepared to die is to know that you are in right standing with God. 
A great presentation of this message of preparation, also known as the good news or the gospel, can be found in the article, What is the Gospel? It can be found at the Ligonier Ministries website. There will also be a link on the webpage for this episode. Search for episode 116 of Finding Hidden Treasure at RestoringTheCore.com. To those who are hearing or viewing this podcast during the COVID-19 pandemic, keep your focus on Christ. In the midst of very real death, suffering, disruption, and economic loss, you've been given the gift of being reminded that you need to be ready to die, and as a result, truly ready to live. To those hearing or viewing this podcast after the danger of the COVID-19 pandemic has passed, please do not allow yourself to forget or purge from your memory the lessons which you learned during the pandemic. Your need to live a focused, undistracted life in Christ is no less now than it was when COVID-19 was the top story of the day for months at a time. In closing, I believe that the best way for you to live the truly focused life is for you to fix your eyes, by faith, on Christ himself. Lastly, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, we are told, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Thank you for listening to this program. We can be contacted at mail at restoringthecore.com. We're on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash restoringthecore. You can also follow us on Twitter at RestoreTheCore. Thank you for listening. We hope you will join us next time for Finding Hidden Treasure.